Well, good morning, church. We are continuing. We started uh, over uh, East, the Easter, Good Friday, Easter season. We're continuing this week and next week with a current theme that we're talking about called Old for New. And how God is the God who takes away all the old, the sinful, the broken, the dysfunctional things for our, from our lives and gives us things that are brand new. And we looked, last week at Easter, we looked at a verse that says, if anyone puts their trust in Christ, they become a brand new person. The old things have passed away and everything is made brand new. So what we want to look at today is, okay, that's all good and well, and I can put my faith in Christ, and I can invite God to come into my life and to forgive me and to heal me and to change me and to transform me, but practically, how, how do I actually take the steps of living a new life? And so, I've, what have I called this message? Have I called this something? How to live this new life. Old for new, how to live this new life. I should start putting my titles here because I never know what they are. How to live this new life. How do we do it? What are the practical steps? You know, as I was thinking about this subject, I was thinking about the fact that quite often Christians, when they are seeking to present the message of Jesus... And the word for that is the gospel. And the word gospel simply means the good news. The good news. Although I have been on White Ave when somebody with a megaphone was supposedly preaching the gospel, and like, it didn't sound like good news. Have any of you ever encountered those, you're a Christian, and there's another Christian, but you're actually relieved that you're on this side of the street (laughs) and not that side, because it's like, I don't know if I want to be associated with, and you know, very often the good news, the good news that God sent a savior called Jesus has been reduced to you're a dirty, rotten person and you deserve to burn in hell and you should be grateful that God's even remotely interested in you. That is very often the good news that we hear preached. Now I suppose we could argue about it and say, well, there could be some truth to all of that. Maybe we are all sinners and all of that kind of thing. But the good, you know, It's like during when the days of slavery in the United States ended, they ended with something called the Emancipation Proclamation. And the Emancipation Proclamation did not go like this. It wasn't people going around to slaves and saying, you're a bunch of rotten slaves and you should be grateful that you've got a master. That wasn't what they said. They came and said, we've got good news. You are all set free. That was the good news. And the gospel is an emancipation proclamation. We all know 
that we're damaged goods. We all know that we're dysfunctional. We all know that we're sinful. We all know that we keep going our own way. We all know that we're selfish. We all know that we shut God out. And the good news is that God is so loving, so forgiving, so interested in us, that even when we were running as far away from him as possible, he did everything to forgive us, to save us, and to bring us back into relationship with him. The emancipation proclamation is that God is a God who forgives. He is a God who transforms. He is a God who sets free. He will take away all the old junk and he will give us a brand new life, a brand new start, and a brand new future. It's all good news. We don't have to create anxiety in people, first of all, you know, before we tell them the good news. We're, we're not like selling these vacuum cleaners. You remember like years ago, there was these special vacuum cleaners and they used to come to your house and they used to say, your mattress is filled with disease. And you'd say, no, and I'm sure it's not. Yes, it is. And they would get this super duper vacuum cleaner that could suck the electrons out of a black hole. It's so powerful, you know. And, and do it on your mattress and then look. and like, I never let these people in the house. I've just heard these stories. And, it, and look, look at this disease we've got. From, you know, it's like create anxiety in the people. I don't want to sleep in that tonight. How much is the thing, you know? We don't have to create. The good news is not creating anxiety in people, first of all, and then relieve the anxiety. The good news is that God is, has done everything that Jesus said. It is finished. And all you have to do now is take him by the hand and he will lead you down a brand new life. He will exchange your old for new. And very often we present the Christian message like this. It's all about death because that's what we've got a lot of anxiety about. And so... I'm sure you've seen these little leaflets, these little tracts. I've seen lots of different kinds. But very often they start off with a question like this. What would you do if you knew you would die tomorrow? Well, I was thinking about this message here. Oh, you put it up there. Oh, thank you. What are you going to do? I was thinking about this message here. And I thought, what would you do if you knew you were going to live tomorrow, isn't that an interesting question? If you're going to live tomorrow, are you just going to live relying on your own history, your own knowledge, your own life experience, your own limited wisdom? Or are you going to truly partner with God? The Bible says we are co-workers, co-laborers, co-creators of our lives together with God. Are you going to partner with God and begin to actually live a new life? What would you do if you knew you were going to live tomorrow and next week and next month and next year? Do could you begin to envision the amazing life and the wonderful plan that God has for your life? Let's look at a verse in the Bible. It's in the book of Ephesians. And this is what it says. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are God's masterpiece. 
I want you to turn to somebody and look at them in the eyeballs and tell them, I am a masterpiece. Go ahead and do that. I know that's really awkward to do. Like when I'm sitting in the congregation and preachers do that, I hate it, but (laughs) I am a masterpiece. Now, you might not feel like one, you might not look like one, nobody else might agree that you're one, but you are a work in progress. We are God's masterpiece. Have you ever looked at a sunset? or the night sky, or a beautiful uh, scene in the mountains. God is an amazing artist. And he didn't screw up for the first time when he created you. He is an amazing artist. You are an amazing masterpiece. And he wants to do amazing things through your life. We are God's masterpiece. He has recreated us. From old to new in Christ Jesus. No, God doesn't screw anything up. We might do that. We might make a mess of our life. We might destroy things. We might do things that seem unrepairable. We can do things like that, but God can take all the old mess and he can recreate us all over again. He He's not only an artist, he's an art restorer. He can restore works of art that have become damaged by the way they have been manhandled through life. He has recreated us from old to new in Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can now do the good things he planned for us long ago. God laid out an amazing life for you to live with amazing things for you to do. But we all went our own way like the prodigal son that we heard about last week. But when he came back, the father embraced him, cleaned him up, took his old rags off and dressed him up new and brought him into the family home to begin his new life all over again. You're a masterpiece, but you're a work in progress. You're not complete yet. And it's kind of like, this verse often reminds me of Leonardo da Vinci's famous sculpture called David, of King David from the Bible. And when he was, when, when he finished that, um, there's this famous quote from him where somebody came and spoke to him and said, how, how were you able to do that and, and, and able to envision what this would become? Because he just started with one giant block of rock. And this is what he said. That image, David, was always inside that block of rock. All I did was chip away all the excess pieces of rock that were obscuring it. And that That saying just makes me think of this verse and makes me think of the way God works in our life. That the amazing masterpiece that you are destined to become is already in there. It's you are the person that God created you to be. But like that lump of rock, we've got a lot of rubble on the outside. We've got a lot of bits of stone and rock and dirt that we've collected through life 
And what God is doing is he's chipping away all these excess parts to reveal the amazing new creation that he has placed within us. God chips things away from our life and very often a lot of our spiritual growth is dependent on us as individuals. It's to do with a personal relationship between you and God. And there are things that you and God will work out on your own. As you read the scripture, things will speak to you. As you pray, you'll be giving more and more over to God. As you go, journey through life, you'll be praying and asking for wisdom and guidance. You'll be seeing the right doors open to new things in your life and the wrong doors closing to prevent you from going down the wrong path. You'll, be, you'll get this sense that God is working with you. But it's not just about your own individual relationship with God. This new life is also part of being, a, being in a community. And that's why the prodigal son, the father didn't just embrace him and clean him up and give him a new outfit of clothes and then send him on his way. He brought him into the community. He brought him into the father's house. He brought him back into the family again. And God doesn't just do things on, on, on his own with us. He also works through people. Have you ever come across somebody who rubs you the wrong way? Have you ever met somebody like that? That's just God using that person to rub your rough corners off in order to reveal the masterpiece that is within. Sometimes other people are used. Sometimes it's things that you don't find pleasant. Sometimes it is their encouragement, their prayers for you, their words of wisdom and advice, their gifts as well. as So our, our flaws and our strengths are all used because God works all things together for good. Now here's the thing. If you, if you feel like you are not a masterpiece because somehow or other you've been damaged in life, the last thing you want to do is trust your personal life transformation to an amateur. You don't want somebody who doesn't know what they're doing to work on your life. Just this morning, as I was drinking my coffee, I was reading an article about a cult in Denmark, it caught my attention because I'm going to Denmark in a couple of months and it's near that area. And I, read, I was reading this thing about this cult and how controlling it was and manipulative and how these people had joined it and all that. And, you know, you're, you're reading this and you're wondering, why do people give up control of their life to something like a cult or something like that? Why do they do that? It's because... This group is promising them certain things. If you follow all of our rules, if you obey everything that we say, if you sell your house and move in here and become part of this group, then we will make sure your life changes. But as I was reading this, so many of the people, rather than their life changing for the better, ended up hurt and wounded and, and lost everything and so on. You do not trust an amateur with restoring a work of art. 
In fact, there was a work of art, that a famous work of art, and it included, it, it was a religious painting and Jesus' face was part of it. And the people wanted to restore it, but they couldn't afford the proper art restorer. But there was this woman who was an amateur who did art restoration, and so they got her to do it, and then they regretted it. Put the image up of, there's the before, and there's the after. Jesus like a, like a cartoon cat. Jesus from The Simpsons. In fact, he even looks like he's sticking his tongue out. <laughs> this priceless piece of art was destroyed, made to look silly, made a fool of, so to speak, because they got an amateur to try to correct the damage that had been done. You know, you cannot trust an amateur with restoring your life. And do you want to know something? We're all amateurs. The only true artist who is capable of designing a life the way it was meant to be is the creator himself who is God. And so get God involved in the restoration of your life back to the masterpiece that it is supposed to be. Now, I heard another story that was the exact opposite of this. It was, an, it was a, a piece of art that was damaged, and they, they did hire a professional art restorer to restore this painting. But as the art restorer started to work on the painting, he was horrified because flakes of paint, of, of the paint that he was trying to, to restore, giant flakes of paint began falling off the painting. And he began to panic. And they got a team together to examine this painting and to work out why these giant flakes of painting, because it looked like he was making as big a mess as an amateur would. But as they examined it closely, here's what they discovered. The big flakes of paint that were coming off were not the original painting. A couple of hundred years pre previously, somebody else had tried to correct it. And it was their paint that was coming off. And so once they realized that, they just encouraged all of these flakes of paint to come off. And as they came off, it revealed an amazing masterpiece underneath that had been hidden for all of these decades. Again, that's like the statue of David. That's what God does. God looks at you and he says, see that bad attitude there? Let me just peel that off. I never put that there in the first place. See that little sin you've got there? Let me just pull, peel that off there. See that wound that you're carrying about and you're, you're full of bitterness and unforgiveness to that? Let me just pull that off right now because underneath all of that, I want to reveal the person that I always intended you to be. It takes time to begin to live this new life. And a big part of it is you developing a strong personal connection to God. But another big part of it is also being part of a healthy community where we are on a journey together. I want to show you a picture of um, what a spiritual journey looks like. 
A spiritual journey goes through many phases. And this side, we're calling people searchers. Sometimes people are at a place in their life where they're completely hostile to God, close to him. Last week, remember, we saw a video of a woman in our church who first came here as an atheist, was hostile towards God, was hostile towards church, had had a bad experience growing up and had rejected church altogether. But that is just the first step in the spiritual journey. Then as you go on, you begin to become more open. Maybe there is something more to life. Maybe what these people are sharing has got some truth to it. Next, we go on to the the position of seeking and wanting to know answers. You know, there's various ways. This guy here is reading his Bible. Many people say, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to understand the Bible. That's why, as we were advertising earlier in the service, we have an alpha course, seven weeks coming up, starting this Wednesday, of how to understand what the Christian message is all about and what the Bible is all about. We come to a place where we make a faith commitment and we say, I know this is true. Jesus is God's son. God is real. I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm going to put my faith in him. If anyone puts their trust in Christ, they become a brand new person at that moment. Old things are washed away and everything becomes new. But then to go on, how do we then live this new life? We need to go on connecting, connecting with God, connecting with church, connecting with the Bible, connecting with one another, joining together in worship. Then as we're doing that, we begin to grow. Our faith begins to grow. Our life begins to blossom and flourish. And eventually, we want to get involved making a difference in the world ourselves. This is like a journey of spiritual growth. I wonder where you are on that journey. And I'm really today encouraging people to move towards this side of the journey, to begin to actually live this new life. Take steps that will help you grow in your faith see your life transformed, discover more about prayer and about scripture. This image here, we have some brochures outside in the foyer that you can pick up later on called My Spiritual Journey. And in the middle, they have this image here for you to have a look at. And on the back, they have a prayer that you can pray at home on your own as you're praying about taking the next step in your spiritual journey, whatever that might be. You know, in the Bible, when people put their faith in Christ, they then became part of the community known as the church so that they could learn and grow in practical ways that they could actually begin to live this new life. Here's one example in the book of Acts, chapter two. It says this, Those who believed Peter's message about Jesus were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 people. Man, that was a baptism service, wasn't it? 3,000 people. There was one Sunday we baptized 50 people here. And by the end of it, the musician's fingers, I'm sure, were very sore. I don't know what... 
you know, Thomas was on the banjo and playing while they were, and like after 3,000 people, it was like his fingers must have frozen solid, you know? 3,000 people were baptized. That first step they took after believing the message, they made a step, they took a step to get baptized. Next Sunday, here at Gateway, we have a baptism service, which I'll tell you about in just a moment. And then it says, and all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to pancake brunches after the service and to prayer. Now, I want you to notice something, and this is so, so different from that cult that I was telling you about. You know, cults want to control people and tell them what to do and so on. Do you notice here that the people, all the believers devoted themselves? They didn't have somebody sending them text messages saying, you know, I just want to remind you it's the Bible study tomorrow night and you need to be there and if you're not there, then your life's gonna just not go right. And You know, nobody was harassing them. These were people who were hungry inside. They were hungry to learn, to grow, to know more, for their faith to enlarge, for their lives to be changed. They were saying, listen, I want to be a part of this. I want to learn. I want to grow by understanding what the Bible teaches. I want to fellowship and mix with other like-minded people. I want to, to, to form relationships, sharing in meals with people. I want to learn how to pray and connect with God and see my prayers answered and grow strong in prayer. It says they worship together at the temple each day. Yeah, you can stick on some music at home, you can worship on your own, you can pray on your own, but there's something about being with other like-minded people. It causes you to, your faith to grow, it causes you to be encouraged to continue to journey in faith. It says they met in homes in smaller groups for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know, this is all about how to live the new life. The verse starts with those who believed they began the new life. But how did they live it? Well, let, put up the next slide, please. There was a few, a few points. Here's how they did it. They believed the good news about Jesus. That's the first step to living this new life. They were baptized as a symbol of throwing away the old and putting on the new. Right here is our baptism tank where next Sunday we will be filling it up with warm water. It's not cold, I promise. Warm water. And we will be baptizing people as a symbol of them washing away all the old stuff and rising up to new life again. But then they became part of a community of like-minded people. And so they met together, they worshiped together, like we're doing this morning, like we do in smaller groups as well, like we do in Wednesday nights or our community nights. And then they, they learned together, they prayed together, they ate together, 
they worship together, they gather together. That is the whole point of church. The whole point of church is to be there so that you're not just an individual on your own trying to kind of struggle through your journey through life on your own, connecting with God on your own, reading the Bible on your own. All of that is important. But that you're also part of a family, that you haven't just been embraced by the Father, but He's brought you into the Father's house. And together we will learn together, we will pray together, we will eat together, we will worship together, we will gather together, because being together is a big part of taking the next steps in living our new life. I'm going to ask three people to come up on the platform now to join me, Jackson, Rona Lee, and Darian, if you want to make your way up. And can you put up the Gateway Globe just now, please? As you will probably know, on our orange wall out there, the Discover Gateway Wall, we have this, this is our globe, if you like. This is the world of Gateway Alliance Church. That's our three continents We connect on Sundays where the whole church gathers together to connect through modern worship music, through prayer, through teaching, through fellowship. We are connecting with one another and we're connecting with God. That's what we do on Sundays. And um, then we grow in groups, which I'll talk about in a moment, and then we can serve on a team. Now, next Sunday, like I said, is our baptism service. And this is Jackson, for those of you who don't know. Jackson is one of our pastors on staff here. He's our pastor of community. And he is going to be in charge of baptisms and what's happening next Sunday. And so if you want to be baptized or you just want to inquire about baptism and find out a little bit more about it, Jackson is the guy to talk to. He's going to be out there in the foyer after the service at the orange wall, the Discover Gateway wall, where this big symbol is. He'll be standing there. I'm sure he's got some goodies and things to give away. Do you have? Did you give them all away? There's gift. No, there's gift. She has goodies. There, there is gift bag. There's sign up for. Okay, there's, there's little gift. There are little gifts. He gave most of them away last week, but there's some. She stole some of them, and so did he, it seems. So they've all got them. And and they can also do the draw, can't they? You know, last week we had on the the cards, the, 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 what do we call those cards? The connect cards. Um, If you were putting it in for the first time, you're going in for a draw. The draw is continuing this week, and it will be given out next week, and it's like about 100 bucks for something. It's a meal in a movie or something like that. So if you've never filled out a Connect card, fill one out and hand it in to him. They're on the seats and they're also there. So he will be at the orange wall right after the service if you want to hand in a Connect card or you want to ask about baptism. Maybe you're not really sure what it is. You want to know more information. Or you've already decided, I want to sign up for baptism. Jackson is the guy to see. We also said grow in a group. Groups are where friendships happen, develop, and spiritual growth happens in informal lay-led groups and classes which meet at the church building 
and at homes or cafes and so on. And there's two that I really want to tell you about. One that's already been advertised today, and that is Alpha that starts this Wednesday. This is Rona Lee. Rona Lee is one of our super duper volunteers, which means she does a lot and we don't pay her for it. So she's a volunteer. And Rona Lee is in charge of Alpha. We've run Alpha here, I don't know, about three times? Maybe two? Yeah, three times before. It is a great thing to be a part of. It runs for seven weeks here at the building. It starts this Wednesday night. Maybe you regard yourself as not a Christian, or you're not really sure whether you're a Christian or not, or maybe you regard yourself as a Christian, but you're still, you need to build a strong foundation and you want to understand things like, who is God? Who is Jesus? What is the Bible? Is it trustworthy? And how am I supposed to understand it? What's prayer about? And how can I learn to pray? Those basic building blocks of the Christian life, that's what Alpha will be all about over seven weeks. You'll meet here, you'll eat together, you'll fellowship together, watch a short Alpha film, and in groups discuss it. Rona Lee's a person to see, and she also will have a station out there. I think it's right below the video screen. Is that where it is? Opposite the video screen. opposite. Opposite the video screen out there at the window. So that's for Alpha. If you want to learn to connect with other people and take these first steps in your new journey or your next steps in your journey of faith, that's what to do. But if you're a youth, junior high or senior high, or even older if you're a young adult, then Darian is the man to see. Darian is our youth pastor. And he leads Accelerate Youth, which includes things for junior high and senior high. He also leads our Encounter Nights, which are youth and young adults gathering together here for big nights. And what have you got on this Wednesday? We have nothing this Wednesday. Oh, sorry, th- Friday. <laughs> Encounter. So this Friday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, okay? This Friday is Encounter Night, a big youth and young adult night here. If you want to know more about our youth and young adult ministry, then Darian's the guy to see. He will also be at a booth at the door, right at the the entrance, the one nearest the office. Darian for youth and young adults at the door. Rona Lee opposite the video screen for Alpha Course. It starts on Wednesday. Jackson at the Orange Discover Gateway Wall for baptisms next Sunday. So they're going to leave now and they're going to make their way out there. We're just going to take another couple of minutes as we do that. I want, us, I want to just ask you a question. What is your next step in your journey of faith? What is your next step? Maybe it's just to connect like we saw there. Maybe it's just to, I need to start coming along. I need to connect with God. I need to connect with the church. Maybe it's to be baptized. I want to be baptized. I want to make a decision to wash all of the old stuff out of my life and rise to a brand new life. Maybe that is your next decision. Maybe the next step for you is I want to sign up for an alpha course, meet with a smaller group of people, begin to be able to ask questions, hear other people's questions, discuss together, learn and grow together, actually get to know people here in the church. 
or if it's more age appropriate for you, our encounter worship night for youth and young adults on Friday. What is your next step? You know, there are lots of ways you can get involved in Gateway, but today we're just highlighting those three things because for many of you, one of these will be your next step. Baptism next Sunday, the Alpha Course this coming Wednesday, the Youth and Young Adults Night this Friday. I want to finish by showing you just a short video. We made it for Vision Sunday, so many of you will have seen it. Just showing you again, just a glimpse and a vision of what Gateway is offering to partner with you to encourage you and help you to live your new life, to build your faith, and to take the next steps in your journey. To make it nice and easy, we have broken it down to Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So we're going to watch this video clip, then the band are going to come up and finish the service, and then I want to encourage you, make your way out there, go to whatever stations out there are suitable or appropriate for your next step, and let's together, as a church, if every one of us take the next step that is right for us, and we're all at different places, as a, as a whole community, our whole church takes the next step forward and we see our faith growing. We see our lives changing as individuals and we see our church growing and it also being transformed as a community. So let's watch this together and don't forget to pick up one of these at those stations that the three people will be at. 